Hey guys, welcome to episode 62 of the JV Club with Christy Stratton Man. As I record this intro, because this is the time that I have to record it, um, Katie has not yet futzed with the audio. And although I think we've solved the problem of that sort of tinny sound, um, I think, I don't know if Christy, maybe I was so enthused to have Christy on the podcast that I didn't notice that she was kind of lowering the microphone too far or not speaking into it directly enough so that there's a lot of this kind of sound happening. But um, hopefully Katie's going to be able to go through and listen to the episode and punch it up as needed. I'd like to apologize for Christy and to my listeners if that doesn't necessarily get as fixed as we would like it to be. I think the intention to fix it is there, but on the off chance that it doesn't get fixed, you know I love apologizing for things, so I apologize. If it isn't fixed, I apologize for this long rant about it if it is fixed. So I've managed to apologize twice there. I think I can squeeze in one more apology for this short intro, and that is to uh, people that I am not shouting out yet because I am behind. Um, I do want to shout out these people, OJC, who enjoyed the Kara Santa Maria episode, uh, The Adventures Of, who votes for The Janitors. I am fond of The Janitors, guys. I still like it. Like I know Hannah W. was saying it would be fun to have like a letterman's jacket, like a jacket made that says the janitors on the back. That would be really funny. But some people don't love the janitors. Um, and then also the suggestion of uh, cubs, like JV cubs, rendering me mama bear, although I don't know that I'm any more mature or wise than the listeners. I was pretty charmed by that one too. So all I can say is I think we're no further uh, in the direction of actually concluding a name anytime soon. I am terrible at this stuff. I just need like a boss who's going to say, I can't believe I just wished for someone to be in charge of me. I guess I just wish that like someone would go, all right, this is what it's going to be. Um, I'm terrible at it and I'm really enjoying all the suggestions, but I think we're closing in. We're closing in. Um, I want to thank Taryn and Rob S. Uh, Joseph for turning me on to uh, the year of Billy Joel. You guys can check that out. I think there's a posting for it on Facebook. Jessica McSee, who likes the janitors. Uh, Nene, who enjoyed the Sarah Silverman episode. Mrs. Davenport, who was very on board for the soda stream. Um, I got to get into the soda stream. You know, Abe, Abe Foreman Greenwald and Lynn Chen, for those of you who listen to Lynn Chen's episode, they have a soda stream and I've been invited over to come and try it. So I am going to do that and I will report back. EHRR, Bryce M, Charles D, Burnt, who uh, gave me an example of Regina Spector doing a vocal sound effects not unlike billy joel i really enjoyed that thank you for that harvey w uh stephanie who suggested the varnicles like uh people who cling to the podcast like their barnacles i found that utterly charming as well see this is what happens if i close down the the voting or if i close down the suggestions we'll never get great suggestions like the varnicles that's why i can't uh make any kind of a decision dessa is a new listener i want to welcome her in flavia hello uh to you in melbourne and i did reach out to lennon parham uh i do want her to do the podcast she wants to do it it's just been a scheduling thing so hopefully that'll all work out uh matt b you know i loved your email and i love the idea of uh doing an episode that's really specifically about parenting and parenting young children. Um, so that's in my mind and percolating. Roma P, thanks for your marvelous email. And I want to thank everybody on Facebook who's been weighing in on the janitors and other. Uh, a lot of KCW love on the... Um Nerdist page and on the Facebook page. I'm not shouting you out individually because I am not fully caught up, but I hope to get that on the next intro. Um, I think that's it, guys. I'm going to keep it kind of short. Um, I can't believe that at this point, a four-minute intro is considered short for me. Uh, But I do hope that you enjoy the episode, and I'll talk to you soon.
Hey guys, I'm recording a very special emergency broadcast. I wish there was no reason for me to have to do this. Having said that, I do feel like it's kind of exciting to have to do an emergency broadcast. But again, if I could go back and not have to do this emergency broadcast, I would in a New York second. Um, as many of you know who have already downloaded the episode for this week, uh, there were some very terrible audio issues. Um, I didn't know how serious they were when I recorded the intro, and uh, I feel terrible that I pinned it on Christy. Clearly, it was not just a matter of like holding the microphone far away. There are times when the audio is, is so gone that there's no reason for it. It had to have been a mic or cable problem um, that just wasn't showing up on the uh, tracking of my GarageBand program. So um, because I do keep that open and I watch it while I'm recording um, since we don't have a a producer on site. So anyway, I just want to apologize to Chrissy again for this happening. And and the really good news is, guys, that uh, half of the episode is terrific and has no problem with the sound. And so we're going to keep that half. But Christy and I are going to record a new first half today. So What I encourage you strongly to do, I can't uh, make you do it, but I certainly strongly encourage you to do, is go ahead and delete the episode that downloaded already and um, just hang tight because you're not going to miss out on anything. You're going to get a great new episode with Christy uh, that is infinitely more listenable and um, still chock full of delightful tales. So uh, please uh, bear with us. And um, again, uh, I just really appreciate your understanding. Uh, I think I've been very lucky that more of this stuff hasn't happened, but uh, I certainly feel completely sick to my stomach that it happened with Christy. So I'm very excited to, um, to remedy the situation and, uh, I appreciate your support guys and, uh, I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Now entering nerdist.com. I've never been more nervous about the quality <laughs> of the audio or something going horribly wrong. I'm probably I feel like I need to be like keep talking, keep talking about my eyes are just going to be glued to the screen. We just did a quick test, but um sounds I think I think we got it. I think we got yeah. it. Uh, if not, this is going to be hilarious. I know, right? We'll both just have a complete nervous breakdown. <laughs> we'll be like laughing on the floor, rolling around, but also tears, tears. The dog right. won't know what to do. <laughs> He'll probably eat it. He'll probably feast on our flesh. Mm, okay. Or we'll be around the corner. Well, from, that's a way to go. Yeah. It's just a weird uh, Varney-centric apocalypse. <laughs> um, but Christy Stratton, man, I thank you. First of all, <sighs> let me just get out another public apology. I'm so ashamed i'm perplexed about what happened i'm bitter well you know what maybe it was like my dental work was bouncing off of something metal wise and it just i I don't don't know no i don't know but i'm i'm truly horrified and uh and i just i'm actually i have specifically like there's a way for me to look at both of our tracks at the same time but also specifically enlargened at your track so i'm staring also like she's laughing there's the slashes showing that the laughing is registering so um so we're gonna we're gonna do this because um this is the exact day that the episode aired and uh and i didn't know and i've already i already even released on itunes a little like emergency broadcast system notice that we were pulling the episode 
I made it very dramatic. It's possible that 99% of my listeners are just fine and they aren't like, oh, the drove, the bustle, hustle and bustle. Let's talk about this at the water cooler. It made me feel really important um, to have, but I really wish the circumstances were different such that I would not have had to do it. But I uh, applaud and embrace your willingness to Absolutely. pop back over. Oh, and, hell yeah. Uh, Anytime I get an opportunity to talk about uh, stories from high school and younger, I jump at it. Okay. Well, I'm all about I it. I loved your It's stories. my brand. You're so, it is your brand and it mm. should be your brand because you have be- way better stories than I do. I mean, like, I just don't well, have... Honey, you're pretty. Oh, stop it. I, I mean, not... When I look at pictures of myself from that era, I don't know that you could argue that then. Okay. There's a natural incandescent know. beauty going on. I'm just saying. Um, that is unnatural. That is a makeup that causes you to shimmer uh, that I have on my face right now. But like this is like like one of the stories that <laughs> that I that you told that I want to make sure to like I just want to talk about with you again is this idea of of well, like I know that I'm jumping right into high school, but I. Listen to. I was listening to this episode. It's very meta because now I'm listening to an episode that we're th- that I then want to make sure to recapture certain moments. But you, will you tell me about that guy, Frank? Oh yes. <laughs> well, let, uh, to explain high school. Yeah. I. I don't remember what I said or decided. Okay. Uh, in middle school, like I had worked my way up. Yeah. On awards day, I wore won a bunch of academic awards. Um, I was a spirit leader. We couldn't that call... That sounds almost like you perform seances. <laughs> <laughs> well, we kind of did for the football team. Well, um, <laughs> we couldn't call them cheerleaders for some legal reason. Really? Yes. Oh, that's so funny. And I, in fact, I didn't tell the story, but... Uh, okay, so there was this woman. Her name is Miss Dilworth. And she she was amazing. She came to Monaghan Middle School and shook things up. Young, uh, attractive, black... I don't know that we had any other black teachers in that school, maybe a couple, uh, but she was so kind to me and she saw that I kept running for offices and not getting Yeah, them. and guys, by the way, this is in Fort Worth, Texas, yes. just so you know. And uh, she decided she wanted to start a, a cheerleading squad and she approached me and she said, I want to do this and I want to make you the captain. She singled you out? Yes. Just like that? Oh my gosh, Because you had so much spirit, natural spirit. Well, she knew, she knew that I would be able to lead. And she probably saw the hunger. Oh gosh, the hunger was everything. Yeah. And so she said, um, I need you to help me pick out the other girls. Oh my God, you really were top of the heap. Right. In okay, middle well, school. And, and so uh, boy, that day at that meeting was like one of the highlights of my life. <laughs> I've never. Don't ha- you dare say you peaked in middle school. It's bad I enough when people have. peak in. <laughs> I may have, but okay. So that wasn't really like we didn't do real full on, you know. But we had cheerleading skirts and megaphones. And but when you say you didn't do full on, do you mean like you didn't have like you weren't doing like the human pyramid, or were you Correct. not doing like very specific cheers that like well, rhymed and stuff? Or um, I do remember one specific cheer. It went like this: Go back, go back. Go back to the woods because you haven't, you haven't, you haven't got the goods. And it went on from there. But Miss oh, Dilworth like wanted one. to pull it because she thought it might be a little racist. Because you're, you're, I guess you're saying that the people that they're playing against are like... Back in the woods? Backwoods people. And that, right? I don't know. But Toothless? We, 
overalls with like one overall strap hanging down because right. they're not smart. They're only smart enough to put one up and then they've forgotten by the time it's time for them to put up the Correct. other. Correct. And so fair. we dropped that one. I mean, I wasn't going to fight her on it. You know, she was the sponsor. She yeah. knew best. Um, but so, okay. So that year was amazing and awesome. Um, and, and middle school for you ended in fifth grade or sixth grade? Eighth. Eighth grade. So okay. Six, seven, oh, okay. Eighth. All right. All right. Then in high school, well, you try out for cheerleading the end of your eighth grade year. And I knew uh, like Arlington Heights High School was very like popularity based. And back then, uh, you know, you, you I, I just automatically wanted that. I can't, you know, when I, I wrote a screenplay with a, this friend of mine and he, and it was, he said, did you want popularity to get the guys? Do you want the guys to be popular? I'm like, I wanted them both. I wanted right. that. I don't know what that was. I knew that those people got treated specially and got more pictures in the yearbooks and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, they got more dates. Sure. They didn't have to sit home or go to the Cindy Lauper concert during homecoming. Well, yeah, it's interesting because it almost seems to me like you were ambitious and you were going to be ambitious about whatever, like at the age you were in, you that the age you were at, you sort of like the thing it makes sense to be ambitious about is what is all around you. And yes. what, what, of course you're going to pick. I mean, if you were at a different school where it was like really important to be this, or if you were an older, if you were older, but you had the same ambition, maybe it would be different. But like, if you're looking at what's right in front of you going, what is the, what is the highest point of this particular environment? Yes. And I guess I should, that should be my goal. Right. Right. You know, and this was so, what's so interesting about cheerleading is I took gymnastics when I was young and I just wasn't very good at it. And I, like I wasn't great. So when I didn't make it that freshman year and I can't tell you the sobs, Year after year, it was three years, sobbing, I can't believe that you went sobbing. back every year. Every it's year. It's so amazing to me. I just don't think I could have done it. And and it's interesting because I've developed a sense of self-awareness at this point in my life. And I I don't know. I mean, I had that American Idol, you know, I'm a great singer um, thing about me <laughs> back then. I, I remember in, in elementary school when we had the Dancerama. Um, there was this the Sweet Georgia Brown routine that I um, performed. You tra- auditioned so Dance for Rama each- was like a, f- a festival of dance. Oh yeah, that's what it was. But yeah. you auditioned for each dance. But the the thing about that was that there was a solo in Sweet Georgia Brown, a tap solo. Now I didn't know how to tap, but I'm like, okay, I'll try out for that. <laughs> the girl who was this expert tapper, her name was Brooke Barton, I think. She um, helped me. She coached me, and like. She's excellent. Like, how am I even going to just beat her? Yeah. But I still did it. I still tried out in my stupid little routine that she kind of helped me with. And of course, she just does this whole jig and is amazing and, you know, got to do the solo, of course, not me. But I kind of had a a non, you know, like, I can't tumble. I can jump okay. I mean, I did have sass. Yeah. And I could really facial express <laughs> i wish you could have seen what christina said i mean that i no one yeah. could do that like me yeah nobody and i had a good powerful yelling voice uh-huh um i was you know heavier but i didn't I think know, that I that was think, gonna I love keep that me you had the chutzpah i yeah. hate to i mean i want to throw that word in as a as a shiksa uh <laughs> i want to throw that word in but it really is the sort of like i love so many of us are so paralyzed by feelings of self-doubt and feelings of what, like, 
I really wanted to have the why not me perspective, but mm-hmm. I, I didn't. I, I, I had more of the, and I, and I did all right, you know? But I think I was still paralyzed by a fear of like anything that I was naturally good at that I had come to learn from a very early age I was naturally good at felt very safe for me. Mm. But if it was something that I got rejected on or whatever, I would just like shrink away. And so this idea of like, yeah, she's a better tap, but like what, why not me? Maybe it could be me. Maybe me. I, I think so many of us want that. So many of us want to have that sort of like shrug, like a, hey, could could be. Why not give it a shot? Nah. And I really admire that. Well, thank you. I, really I do. I, I know we. I think I go into it in the second half of our series. Um, but so to get to your thing, so I really wanted to be popular. I ran for a student council every year, and I did all this stuff. And um, I there was this group that we called the Get Along Gang. Now they called themselves that, or someone else kind they of described call, it. I think they called it. They coined that the themselves because just there was a, up your gang a cartoon name. or something. At the time, uh, that sounds familiar. Okay, and and so they were the get along gang, and oh my god, just to get invited to those parties, it really was everything to me, everything. And there was this one guy, and his name was Frank. And now let me explain to you, like I, if I'd have just not cared, I think I would have been largely left alone. I know I, I I mentioned, and I don't know, I think it was in the, but that in middle school, I would go into the bathroom and you know, girls would say, you know, Chrissy Stratton is a scum. And I wasn't the only one. I wasn't the only scum. But that's pretty bad. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. I mean, so so anyway, so I went from a scum. It's not even like a bitch, because a bitch implies that like you you make mean choices or something. Right. And you're powerful. This is just like you're nothing. You're nothing. You're you're gross nothing. (laughs) Right. But I was able to rise to the queen of the land. Yeah. Then I had to start over again. It was awful. Okay. So if I hadn't, if I did not been such a wannabe, I think I'd have been left alone. Okay. Well, this one member of the get along gang, um, in government, uh, his thing, which I think is the, like the worst thing that you could do to a high school girl is to accuse them of farting. And he did this more than <laughs> once where thing. I'd walk in and be like, oh, Christy farted. And then I'm like, no, I didn't fart. And of course, when you, when you're so defensive like that, yeah. everyone thinks it's, you farted. It's basically the perfect con. It is. Yeah. There's <laughs> nothing you can do. There's nothing you can nothing do. Is, except, well, so he did this a couple of times, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, Bleh. and I had finally had to ask his girlfriend <laughs> if she would talk to him to tell him to lay off a little bit. Because I needed every moment of everything I could get. Like, just to be also accused of, of a farter on top of everything else <laughs> was really... Um, and, and you know what? I, I didn't eat a single vegetable until I was 30. So believe me, I wasn't farting. Yeah. Everyone knows that's what causes farts. By and large. <laughs> I mean, that's just so... Again, it's like the fact that you... That you I don't know. It's just a very specific type of confidence to be able to get like what was your family life like in terms of like did your mom make you like did you feel did she make you feel like anything was possible or like yes. you're so special that like don't take guff from anybody because or you know the, you'll turn they'll turn it around for them or whatever because I just don't know where well, that I comes think, from you know it's interesting because I I, I think there's a little bit of that. I never felt growing up that there was anything I couldn't do. In fact, my mom believed in me so much in kindergarten. She took me to the talent show auditions with no, nothing no prepared. <laughs> I, I don't know what, 
like I kept seeing <laughs> kid amazing. after kid get up on stage and have these specific routines or like uh, playing the flute. Oh, and I'm like, mom, what am I going to do oh, that's amazing. when my name is called? What did you do? I, we, we left. I mean, she, oh, she, okay, I think good. it dawned on her that, oh, that Maybe. is precious. Yeah. And I think, I, and I do want to establish too, that you are an only child as am I. Yes. And that you, and that your parents split when you were so young that you don't even remember that much and that you spent, you lived with your mom, but you guys kind of moved around a lot, which yes. is why you kind of had to keep like doing that tap dance, that yes. sort of proverbial tap dance over and over again for people. And I don't know that I ever expressed like I don't know that I ever told her like oh I was called a scum and the and and not that I don't think I could have I just didn't I kept a lot of that in and and I I have to say it's so interesting thinking about parenting today like if my kid who is three and a half if he came to me and said mommy I don't like school I don't want to go back I would pull him out tomorrow yeah and what i loved is that, i mean i think at a certain point she knew i hated it i'm like can we move to dallas can we just move to dallas and because she but but yeah, i she, don't think that many kids are asking to move you know yeah, what i mean i was, think it's pretty unusual and 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 we didn't and i have to tell you i am so grateful that i was so miserable <laughs> seriously like yeah. i really think it forced me you know to 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 do things and, and it forced me to find, you know, my friends that I ultimately have that I love. Although some of those people that, uh, poke fun of me ended up being friends. Um, yeah. I years later. I'm going to insist that you tell the story of being at the livestock, whatever oh, that yes. is. Well, the Fort Worth fat stock show in rodeo, is, Did you say the fat? Stock oh, it's show? called the fat. Stock I don't show. remember you saying the fat I for, stock I show. Must have forgotten that. Oh my gosh, yeah. the and fat stock show. It's a day that you celebrate livestock, and there's a fair there too. I mean, that's that's kind of like a county fair, but yeah. When so, you really look at it and think about it, like the combination of like going on rides and also just staring at cows seems yes. so absurd to me. We got a day off of school to do that. And in, in Tucson, there's a rodeo vacation saying you get a day off of school for the rodeo. I, to this day, don't know a single person who went to any rodeos on that day. That was just like an excuse to like go to Disneyland or something. Right. Like, and, but we would go to the fast stock show and just wander around in the barns but, and, um, <laughs> and watch uh, cattle auctions. Um, well, this one time, it was, gosh, was it sixth grade, which was maybe my super lowest, my scum point. Um, oh. Tanya Nambranya. Which is a name I couldn't love uh, and more I gotta for tell you, sounding she, like Anna uh, Banna-Bobana. Let me, before I even say the rest of the story, she has been lovely, has reached out to me and been lovely. We were friends in high school. Like, it, it's so funny how things change. But yeah. at the time, she invited me to go with her and Susie Hill to the Fat Stock Show. And I was thrilled. I mean, because at this point, like, I didn't know anyone at that school. So I was thrilled she was popular. I was going to get to go to the so fast doctor sweet. with her. So I arranged for my mom to take us home because we all lived nearby. So I specifically remember we, we were going on um, one of those rides that it, it's a, it's a, it kind of stays in place like, like you're in a, a car that spins around and then the whole thing spins around. So it's like a around. Ferris wheel, but instead of a, but like the Ferris wheel, those cars, the the individual cars in the Ferris wheel also spin around. Yes. And it spins at I, a very high rate of really speed. really makes me sick to my stomach. Well, when we got on it, I remember thinking like, oh, I need to pee. Um, and then after this terrifying <laughs> experience <laughs> being spun about, um, I w- was walking around. And I'm like, that's so funny. I don't need to pee anymore. And I made the mistake of sharing that. And, and, and Chris Smith at this point had joined us. 
And he was a boy that was a year older than us. Mm. And I think he was sweet on Tanya. Mm-hmm. And um, so I and I said something and I'm like, yeah, isn't it so weird? I don't need to pee anymore. But looking down at my pants, it wasn't like I had any sort of... I. I I honestly, to this day, I don't yeah. know what happened to that. To that was it just like a hot Texas day, and it somehow might have been. Like, you just dried out. It's, it's so funny. I, I always I thought know, that. I feel like it's more likely that somehow when you were spinning, it just it just like discombobulates your organs so much that like I don't know. I don't know how pee gets into your bladder. I listen. I've never pretended to be a doctor or any kind of uh, person with medical background, but maybe just like everything gets jostled. And so you just don't have to. So I, but I made the mistake of telling Tanya, like, isn't that weird? I don't need to pee anymore. So they assumed you peed your pants. Yes. Yeah. I'm guessing because the next step was, um, she told Susie, they're like, Oh, you guys go to the bathroom. And I went with Susie knowing exactly what was going to happen. Like I, I knew, and so she goes, let's go to the bathroom. And I'm like, but I don't need to go now. <laughs> That's the whole thing. And so <laughs> she, we go in there and I, I shut the stall door and I just stand there and I give her plenty of time to leave. And she does. And then I walk out and I call my mom from a payphone. And mind you, I'm in sixth grade. So I'm like 11. Oh. And so I call my mom and she's like, great. And she goes, okay, so you guys meet me. And, you know, and I'm like, oh, it's just me. And but I don't think I ever told her. her. No. Do you think that you that you were afraid of letting her down? Like that there was some part of you that thought... Because I, I think about that with my dad sometimes. I've said on the podcast before, but that I've... I felt like he had such... It wasn't that his expectations were high of me and that I would crush him or disappoint him if I if I let him down. Or that he would be mad at me or something. Okay. But somehow, I think I felt like... I don't ever want him to think of me as anything other than this girl who could do anything somehow mm. and so I, I didn't ever i always felt really weird about telling him about like things that were weren't going so hot for me you know not mistakes yeah. i was making but just like things that like oh, being hurt by other people or not being that precious to somebody else in someone else's eyes i i feel like i just was like oh, why would i tell him that that'll just make him as sad as i am i'd rather he That's think of me as like being supergirl you know i it might have been that but i just think i was so embarrassed yeah. When these different things would happen. Yeah. <laughs> I told her later. <laughs> there's a list. Oh, there's a list. One thing, and I didn't mention this in the other thing. I used to go to La Petite Academy. That was my preschool. And. That, ooh la la. Yeah. I just say. <laughs> and I remember my grandmother used to make me these polyester suits. Oh, bless. <laughs> my and grandma my, made me clothes too. Oh, and my mom would never make me wear them. But for some reason on this day, I was wearing the polyester pants and I was wearing a top and a jacket and it was zoo day and it's Texas. And so before we got on the bus to go to the zoo, (laughs) I take off my jacket, the polyester coat. (laughs) So sad. And there was this boy. And I, of course I remember nothing about him and he must've been dipping something because he spit on my back. What? And it was a big blotch. And I was so embarrassed. I didn't even tell the teachers or anything. I just put on the polyester coat and I went to the zoo in the coat. Oh, and so I told my mom that story later. And she was mortified. She's like, why didn't you tell me? Oh, and there was another one. Another one at that preschool. We were all playing with puzzles. And um, 
the one I started with was missing a puzzle piece. But you know what? Guess what? I'm pretty clever. I can put a puzzle together with a piece missing. Right. So Miss Marsha said, um, after we'd switched a few times, she goes, who started with this, this puzzle? And everyone pointed at me, Christy did, and I'm like, I did. She goes, where's this puzzle piece? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I, it didn't have one when I, you know, I, I, and then she goes, okay, well, go find it. So I guess she thought I somehow I levitated out of my body and went somewhere else in the building. And yeah. so I'm literally crying, going through box after box looking for this puzzle piece. And Who I, are that's these another, people? I told my mom later that story, and she's like, oh, I cannot. <laughs> but, but I mean, I t- tell all these crazy old stories, but it just, there was something in me that just didn't, I was embarrassed. I was yeah. embarrassed. I didn't want people to know that I was the kind of girl that could get spit on at the daycare center. <laughs> so sad. How dare he? I know. It's interesting though because I think that a lot of us start losing the the specific memories about like times of our lives that early on. And so in some really fucked up way it almost seems like it was a blessing that you had these <gasps> happen in a different way because as a writer too right yes. I mean, you're just oh, like draw, you're able to draw i mean that's i I, th- I know a lot of people myself included who would like i would give up a lot to be able to like really hold on to those memories because it starts to freak me out when i can't remember stuff you know it starts to freak me out when i'm like i know some bad stuff how i kind of can't remember you know what i mean to just like to the way that you that you tell them it feels like it was yesterday honestly though i think it has so enhanced my it, it, I think is the reason I became a writer. And I like I this my this show awkward that I write for they, you know, it's high school. And although it's Lauren Unerich, the showrunner, it's her baby and it's her. But a lot we a lot of times will relate stories of our own, you know, foibles. Sure. And incorporate them. And I am so grateful that I can like that get right back there. Yeah. And, and that oh, is, yeah. you know, and and that. Uh, sort of thing so from what you're describing like i guess what i'm trying to picture is where boys fit in uh in middle school because you were able to sort of rise up through the ranks and did that deliver any romance for you and then again like sliding back down the ladder and starting back over in high school what was it what was it like in both of those situations um really dire (laughs) (laughs) did you have a lot of crushes Oh my gosh! It seems like I? you would because you had all this enthusiasm. Oh, you had a real yes. lot of Eve. Oh, I guess. And so I imagine that oh, it's like everything I, is like oh this and oh that. And I was really into rock music of the day, and I would get really into radio. And I was the only girl that the guys could talk to about that kind of stuff. But I still wasn't, you know. What were those other girls doing that they weren't into? Like, and give me some examples of bands. Oh, like in the 80s, I was into, you know, Led Zeppelin or Bad Company or Dire Straits. Def Leppard. Um, yes, yes, the Cars, of course. But it, it, like, I, I didn't, I wasn't really that into like Rick Springfield, even though I, I appreciated him as, right. you know, an artist. Um, I uh, he, was, you probably gave him the credit he was actually due instead of what everyone else <laughs> ascribed to him because you were busy really enjoying true musicians. I mean, I had records by, I, I liked the Boomtown Rats. I liked um, Twisted Sister. Okay, so you are naming uh, a lot of bands where I can imagine that like a lot of the girls wouldn't have you know, oh, right. known, known how to talk their way around that at all right. in the, a subject that they wouldn't have known and you did. So that's yeah. enticing. And, and Or they would listen to the pop stations and I was listening to, there was such, there used to be a format called AOR album oriented rock and they would play just any track from the album and i just got so into 
that because albums, you know, used to be a, such a different thing than they are today. Yeah. But um, so in middle school, I think I might have managed to get a date to one of the homecoming dances by the time I was in eighth grade. I, may, I think so. Um, but, but did you ever set your mind on a guy the same way you set oh, your mind on these other things? Yes, and rarely did that come true. Uh, th- I, and I know we <laughs> like talked about dancing. Yeah, um, like some of these dreams don't ha- don't come true, <laughs> Janet. But there was this boy. His name was Greg, and I met him when I was in the seventh grade, and he was a freshman in high school. And my friend Susie and I on three way calling, uh, we're, we were calling her, this boy she liked, Ed on the phone and were you going to talk to him or were you going to, cause I did a lot of three way calling where I, one of you would stay silent, you know, it was like oh, this we, opportunity to spy on conversations. And you know, I, I like that's never, I, used, I never participated in that. I think I use that for that most of all, like that this girl would be like, I can't tell if he likes me. Let's three way call him. You don't say anything. I'll have a whole conversation at the end. We can analyze it together. And I'd be like a hundred percent on board. Oh, you know, it's funny. I don't think I ever, did that maybe because I was afraid of what the outcome would be. Right. Maybe. But it was, we were going to talk to Ed cause she was crushing on him and we weren't even together. We were in two different, of course with the three way. And he just randomly put this kid, Greg on the phone and we ended up, this the three is of so us. so typical that like he would be like, here, talk to these yeah, girls. Talk to the friend Greg. <laughs> and he had this very low kind of slow voice that was very sexy, even for however else he's 14, whatever. 14. Yeah. And so we ended up talking all night. And I remember my mom getting like, up. literally all night. Oh yeah, all night. My mom woke up and came into the kitchen, um, and was like, "What are you doing on the phone?" And she flipped out. Um, and so I had to hang up as if Which I guess could be worse. It could be. It's not like she came in and you were doing a line of cocaine, right? Correct. At age twelve. Um, and so we, from then and into high school, um, you know, he was this bad boy. And did I he go did, to that high school, same high school? He did. Okay. And he was kind of on the fringe. Like, I, I I, don't know if he dealt drugs then. He did as an adult, but I don't know if he... But he was very... What did he look like? Um, I know he's he was tall like... And, um, uh, tall and not skinny, but not big. But yeah. and, and he had this curly hair. was permed at one point. I can't... Um, he kind of had big, I don't know if I've ever known a single guy who got a perm. I'm so impressed that he just went ahead and permed it. Was that more common than I think? I don't think so. (laughs) Um, and he had, he knew he had the goods and I think he didn't have to go back to the woods. (laughs) Sorry. That just came out. That was pretty good. Um, I think I described it last time, uh, as it kind of looks like Macklemore in the face. Okay. Macklemore is a musician for those of you, for some reason, don't know that. Oh, He's, you just got lost. I just in got the lost image in Macklemore of Macklemore. Um, and so, like in high school, we would occasionally see one another, and I'd check in with him. But like in, in the, that middle school two years, I remember we would talk on the phone all the time, and he just represented this other. Like we'd go to concerts, and he, I think, saw more in me than anyone else did. And so I have to give him credit for that. Like he saw me the way I wanted to be seen. Mm. And, Great way of putting it. Uh, yeah, and I and, and very much appreciated that. I mean, he he's been a train wreck ever since, unfortunately. But um, I, you know, he was my first love, and and um, this feels like a great screenplay. This that's just the story about that guy and sort of like the bittersweetness of feeling so recognized. Funny. It feels very like Jenna Malone could have been in it when she was in high school. Like <laughs> that there's a sort of like 
slow sexiness to this guy who's not giving you that side of himself, at least not yet, from but like that that you feel acknowledged and recognized yes. like a part of your personality recognized in a way that you didn't get from anyone else. That's so special. Well, and how influential that must've been very, on you in turn. You yes. Know? And I think I mentioned this last time, but I, I would say other than my family, he has had more to do with who I became than anybody else. I would yeah. say that I could say that with certainty. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he any did- idea of that? Or is he do too busy like peddling smack? It's, it's I don't know. It's oh, very no. complicated. <laughs> but I I mean I will say this. He did leave me at the Dire Straits concert in Dallas. Oh, that's not good. Um uh, he thought I'd somehow gotten a ride with someone else. And um because I, I, I had him take me because I didn't have a car and I'd camped out for those tickets. So I had one like second row seat and then one like 20th row. So that's how we were separated in the first place. Oh, that stinks. And well, that's how you get the better tickets when you camp out. You get them two separate. Oh, okay. believe me, that was a whole thing. I, I mean, I've slept on the Sears lawn like I used to do all the time. I'm pleased that nothing bad happened to you under those circumstances. I never did that. And I did a lot of really stupid stuff, but it just seems like somebody could have just whisked you away. Yeah, I mean, usually there were other people there. I mean, usually they were much older, but n- I never felt unsafe, uh, except the one time, and mind you, this is in the 80s, and it was the Moody Blues, and I was the only one there in line for hours. <laughs> I feel like that's appropriate. Hours. Because they didn't deserve a line in, for I, the I Moody mean, Blues. I mean, hours. And, but, but, uh, 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 Did you get creeped out when you, when that was happening, or were you just like a kid who has no sense of their own eh, mortality? Yeah. Because I, de- I probably wouldn't have been creeped out, actually. I probably would have been like, I'm fine. No, I was kind of, I was all right. Was it worth it? Was the concert worth it? The camp out? Um, Yeah, they were pretty good. All right. All right. Um, But uh, it started my trend of being the youngest person at every concert I go to. But okay, so he, I guess, because there was no cell phones back in the day, he thought because we had this meeting point and I went to the meeting point, but he wasn't there. So I went back thinking like, oh, well, maybe he's in the front I don't remember what. And then by the time I came back, his car was gone. And I'm 15 in downtown Dallas, which is about a 45 minute drive. And that's the big city from Fort Worth. Um, and there were these drunk med school students. I say med school students because they were wearing scrubs. So I don't know if they were. <laughs> I don't remember. Because, you know, that was kind of trendy. I don't know. Well, you. but that No, was, I time, do feel like I remember people wearing scrubs. God, it is crazy what comes through the trend yeah, Jane. and I couldn't call my parents because they'd never let me go to another concert again. Yeah. So I got a ride with these strangers. And I remember getting in the back of the car and buckling my seatbelt. And this was before that was popular. <laughs> and they got pulled over by the cops right in front of my father's house. And I, I kind of opened the door and I asked the cops, like, oh, can I go in? And they let me. And I ran in. Oh, my God. Over a Moody Blues concert. Oh, no, that one was Dire Straits. Oh, I, sorry. I, I, oh, you're right, I you're sidetracked right. I'm to sorry. my camping I, out. I forgot because I was thinking again about camping out. Um, but I somehow yeah, so forgave him you. and still loved him okay. after that. All right. <laughs> well, that's, I, can't, I have to tell you, based on everything you've told me, that's not a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> how long, so how long total was Greg in the, in the picture for you in some iteration? Four years, two years in middle school, and then two was, years in was, high school. Did, in the time when you were kind of working your way up in high school and stuff, did he ever say to you like, "Hey, you"? I'm going to bring up an example from when we recorded before, but like, "Hey, maybe 
don't wear pantyhose that have a control top. <laughs> like, did he give you any indispensable advice that you should have? No, could have known. No, he always thought I should, you know, not be so uptight. But I, he never weighed in on any of those things. I think too. I kind of saw him with, you know, yeah, those eyes. And I'm that sure have he hearts loved that. I'm sure he loved that. You basically gave him the twinkly looking at Davy Jones and the monkeys. Look. Totes. And I know that my younger listeners resent every one of these references <laughs> because so often I do. I do get the occasional email from someone who's like, "I love your podcast." Even though a lot of the time I have no idea who anyone's talking about. And what's so interesting is but we... know. I, I mean, Led Zeppelin is not our era. No, I just know not. of them. because I don't... Bob Dylan was not in the 80s. Like, there's a lot of stuff that I'm aware of that has nothing to do with the, the, my upbringing. Right. That I... There's stuff I found out about. Like, I didn't listen to Fleetwood Mac at all until like a few years ago and then i was oh, like really? hey these guys are pretty good i mean i had an awareness of them but i didn't like dive in so i if only they had you. some way like something they could type letters in that would well, that's, bring I up guess some photos me and, is that, yeah. yeah i just did someone else's podcast and he was like there's no excuse he teaches and he's like there's no excuse he, he wouldn't accept he's like there's no excuse for someone who doesn't know like certain references because there's just like there's too much out there that's like in your face all the time that's informing you about that stuff but. and you know i think it might be just different and then like when we were younger it was fun to be older like i all i wanted was to have all the older references and be yeah. and it's a different it's just a different world i'm not saying it's better or that's worse interesting but point. It, it it i i think that even coming up as a writer um when people said something that you didn't know, you went home and you asked people about it or whatever. And, and, and I just think it's, you know, I don't know why that is. I don't know, but it's just, it's a different thing. We wanted to be older and now everyone wants to be younger. Yeah. I find that so interesting. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, but I wonder, well, I'm for those of you who are in your twenties and teens, like, do you feel, do you have a sense of that? Do you feel like, it's not that cool to know about like stuff that came before you as it is to know about what's going on right now or like what kids even younger than you are into. I'd be curious to hear because maybe that's a generational, maybe it's generational and maybe it's just something that we all feel as we age. Like that right. we all feel. Oh, perhaps, perhaps. You know? I'm perhaps. always curious about that. And always I always curious. reference like when we grew up, there were Bugs Bunny cartoons were very popular and they were always these movie stars um, likenesses in them that I had no idea. That's a good point. I, I I've definitely never, I, didn't. I still haven't seen a Jimmy Cagney movie, but I know Me who neither. he is because of Bugs Bunny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and true, I did prefer the ones where like he went to Mars and stuff over the ones with the, so I it's get true. that. Yeah. <laughs> That's, they're more perennial somehow if they're not making fun of like a very specific time and place, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm, but that's a good point about like the classics and the movies and stuff because there is, there are, you know, I mean, listen, I saw, I just sat in a room with Danny Gould and Greg Barrett and Jonah Ray's younger than me, but we just, um, recorded for, for Dana's podcast and they, in the span of like 30 minutes dropped like four names. I had no idea who they were talking really? about, but I gotta you- say it was actually enjoyable because now I feel more like the person who's like, what do you mean you've never heard of? I feel I say that now and I never used to have to say that. And so now I say it and it made me feel super young to be sitting there and being like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> I'm just a baby. 
Mm-hmm. So maybe you that's are. so maybe I maybe people maybe we do want to be younger. Maybe I just said that. Yeah, like maybe I, I just wanna, said the know, truth. I don't know. I, I I want to physically be younger, but still have the mental capacity that I have now because I was not. And I think I mentioned this before. Like I'm not. I was never a wonderkind. I was not the the you know the uh, like uh, everything for me takes time. Everything. Yeah, I just appreciate that's yeah. Do you remember knowing that? From a really young age, like do you no, remember because thinking I like wanted practice to, makes perfect? Perfect. Well, or? I wanted to be that person, like the the you know first female to win an Oscar at directing, or I wanted to be you know on SNL, or I wanted to be these things that like. But at twenty, like I want, but but I know, like at twenty, and believe me, I work with some young people who are so far more talented than I was at that age. But I just didn't have it. I didn't have. I didn't, I didn't have anything to say. I would just, my opinions were parroted from other things that I had heard. Um, do you think that's so true for most people? You I know, mean, I don't know. I don't know. There are people that are so young, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Like Gary Newman, for instance. Do you know who he is? He yes. wrote him in my car. He wrote that song yeah. when he's like 19. I got I'm just saying. Now, like it or not, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a song that is going to far outlive us the right. co- it'll be the cockroaches and <laughs> that, that song. song and I, I, I mean I, I do happen to like it because I think it's very interesting and mm-hmm. fun to listen to and whatnot and I always you know I thought I was just gonna do something but I didn't know what it was mm. and I think the minute I started focusing on and following the open doors and I know I mentioned that later but you know then then things started to become clearer for me and then oh well this is specifically what i want to do is instead of like i could do anything i could be a director right. i could be an actress right i could do blah. but it's really you know it's funny too because i don't feel like i just i don't know why i'm harping on this so much but that it, it that is really what sets apart your school experience from mine which is i mean i was definitely bullied at certain eras of my life and i def but i just I felt like I knew the things that I was good at and I, I think I really stayed away from things I wasn't sure about because somewhere along the line really early on for me, I just must've been so afraid of failing for whatever reason that I just didn't want to have to fail to get good at something. And so I always bring this up when I talk about stand up comedians, especially that like that is an exercise that. I just don't know if I ever it's it's like the opposite of everything that my core being as a as a young person represents like mm. this idea that you ha- that you're just going to be bad a lot mm. and then you start getting good and you might like hopefully you're aware of when that shift starts happening so you can celebrate it and enjoy it but I have so much respect for people who no, they're not going to be great at something right away and who kind of chip away at it, like you with the cheerleading auditions. I swear to God, if I had <laughs> auditioned once for a cheerleader spot and I didn't get it, I would have been like, well, I'll never do that again. Really? I don't really, think Janet, so. though, you're an actress. Well, that's now. And, okay. and, and I think a lot okay, of people have that experience, saying. too, when they get to Hollywood and they're 18 and they were the star of their school play and, you know, guys, I don't like to go too into like showbiz showbiz all the time because I know we like exploring more um, diversified stuff. But, um, you know, there was like for me, like I think I think one of the reasons that I kind of dropped out on theater when I was in college 
and just gave it was like i'm going to pursue something totally different i don't know that i drew the parallel and the connection in the moment at the time that it was happening in terms of hindsight but i was in this play i was in the merry wives of windsor when i was in college i was like a sophomore in college and i had done okay i done pretty well for myself like in the tiny non-community of theater and of my public school and of this like liberal, liberal arts college this tiny liberal arts college i was going to in flagstaff and i was one of the wives you know there's three main characters like four main characters well i guess there's like you know, the two wives, their two husbands, and then Falstaff, which is the sort of like recurring character in Shakespeare's plays. Or uh, two sure, I, I, I know that. Good old Falstaff. Listen, uh-huh. I've, yeah, I'm not saying that I'm Miss I Know Plays, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, or I'm Miss I Can Come Up With Clever Names That Aren't <laughs> Completely Literal. Um, but I, so the, so, okay, so there's, you know, but, the, but like it's, it's called The Merry Wives of Windsor. So this girl, Chris, and I were the wives, and then this guy, Gavin, was Falstaff, and then we had our husbands, or maybe one of them's a widow and one of them. So there were these things called Irene Ryan nominations, and they were like oh. college theater award nominations. And I think maybe you went on to compete somewhere else, or there was something like that. Irene Ryan was granny on the Beverly Hillbillies. Irene Ryan was granny on the Beverly Hillbillies, and, um, and I didn't get the nomination. It was like the one wife and the Falstaff character and then the then her husband. And I Janet. was horrified. Like I was I couldn't understand. I was like, but I'm the star. Like Chris and I are the stars of the play. Mm. Why am I I'm like I got super like I I, I felt like I got snubbed, big time snubbed. <laughs> And I just couldn't understand it. And I think it instilled a fear in me. Like it instilled that fear that we, a lot of us feel we have, which is that voice that's always waiting inside to just say, see, Mm. they figured you out. They know how, you know, they know your real value. Someone finally saw through all the smoke and mirrors and saw that you're not, you're not good. And I really took that to heart, I think, because... When I look at like the next few years of my life, and I mean like seven, I was just not into do performing. Interesting. And like what really like from 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 super into it to majoring in it to then like I guess I have to finish out this degree because <gasps> I have you know all wow. these credits and uh, but it's all my backstage stuff. So I never performed again at a school. Never. Um. So, I mean, wow. look at that. That's like really one thing. So now I've proved it to you. One thing out of all like the great stuff and the lucky stuff and how fortunate I've been and timing has so much to do with all that stuff. Sure. All that of all that stuff for me to just have that one thing happen and for me to be like, tuck my tail between my legs and, and just be like, yeah, you shouldn't be doing this. And, and how long it took to kind of come back around to having someone coax me into being in a sketch group and coax me down to Los Angeles. So here I am on this podcast and I think people do, th- I mean, they did anyone who's listened to the podcast long enough knows that I'm not like, anyway, I rock. But to even get to like that, like how fragile. Yeah. And that's why my heart always breaks for, you know, I am such the sucker that watches all the, the teen movies and the kid movies and understands like, those stories about someone like you oh. getting called scum, it fiz- it hurts me. Yeah. Like when I listened to your episode the first time we aired it this morning and it was 
not good because of the audio, I started crying. I was like, this is so lame. Like, I can't <laughs> believe how sh- how horrified I am by this. Oh, I was honey. horrified. With everything else going on in the world, with everything else going on in my life, I still was like, not this. Not the podcast. Not Christy. <laughs> or She's Chesty. Been so- <laughs> Chesty, as Dana Gould and I refer to you oh as because gosh, he accidentally so autocorrected Christy to, te- to Chesty when we were I- iPhone texting one day. And now we just call you Chesty. Oh, if that that is so for fun. your voluptuous chest <laughs> yes that is exactly what two flat chested women sitting together right now <laughs> oh well now so what what should we do or we'll cut to the next thing or we, I think what do we you can think? cut to the next okay, thing let's i will say that thing. we covered the only thing that we didn't cover and I, and again guys thanks for hanging in for this very meta thing where like christy is now able to talk about future things you're about to hear like i know i talk about this later you do <laughs> Uh, because we were able to save the the second half, which I think was um, was invaluable because there's some really great stuff in there. And luckily, we don't have to recreate that. Like if we lost one half, I'm glad we lost the half that we lost in a sense. Yeah. Because they were more like stories that you could revisit with me rather than like the mash game, which we'd have to like somehow make spontaneous again. I'd have to come up with all new categories and stuff. I know, so and I really appreciated okay. all the choices too. I so did. I'm glad. I had so I'm much glad. fun with, with that particular mash game that you guys are about to hear. <laughs> and um, I also feel like I need to acknowledge the serendipity of Christy knows this, but um, this wouldn't be possible today. Had I not, and I'm leaving for New Zealand soon and Christy's busy and has a family and it's, it's staffing season. She's taking all these meetings and stuff. And, and as it happens, I was supposed to do something on Key and Peel today, and <laughs> horribly, the campus we were going to shoot on ha- received a bomb threat, which was completely fake. I think it literally was a student who didn't want to take a final. <laughs> um, but they canceled the shoot at the last minute to reschedule, possibly even just cancel altogether. And so had this not happened the way that it happened, we wouldn't be able to be sitting here. So for those of you who feel like who listen to the podcast who are like, Janet, if you're a seeker, Look for the signs. I have to say, it just is a lovely, and even if it's nothing but a lovely coincidence, um, I'm super happy that it just turned out that we both were like, well, here on this exact day it happened that we just yanked the episode and like, I'm going to send this to Katie in five minutes and she'll put it back out with less than 24 hours from one to the next. So Awesome. We did it. We did it. And we didn't take no for an answer. Hey, it took more than one time to get <gasps> it right. That's your world. That's par for my course. My world was like, I don't know what my world, my, my world as a child would have been like, I should stop doing the podcast forever. <laughs> I should retire from podcasting. <laughs> Thank God I've got the lesson from you that it's okay. You can do it over and have it be okay. Yeah. Cut to us listening to this and the sound is terrible. <laughs> and then we're rolling on the floor and my dog is feasting on our flesh <laughs> because it's apocalypse. The dog is asleep now. Oh, guys, I welcome you to take a short break if you'd like to. Go get yourself some popcorn. Uh, you know what? Casey Wilson suggests drive yourself to the movie theater, buy yourself some popcorn, but then come home and listen to this podcast because movie popcorn tastes better than microwave popcorn. Love it. Um, so here we go with the second half. But, okay, so high school drudgery, whatever. I find by the time I get to the end of the, my junior year, I have a group of friends that I love and that we're, it's great. And it's not the get along gang. Well, no, some of them, some of the people just lightened up a little, I think by mm-hmm. the time they were older. And, um, I decided because my homeroom would never elect me in student or, or no, I could never get elected on the student council. Like I just couldn't that, but if you ran for an officer, 
it was a separate election. Like you didn't have to have your whole class vote or, you know, your whole class voted, but it was not like they were voting on everyone. They were only voting on a select number of candidates. Okay. So I ran for um, secretary and won. And on that same day was cheerleading tryouts. And that particular year, my fourth year of trying, there were only 13 girls trying out for 12 spots. And luckily there was one girl that was worse at cheerleading (laughs) than me. And so I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, believe me, it wasn't like my, then my senior year was all sunshine and roses. It wasn't. I was, my friend Miriam and I were the only senior cheerleaders not elected onto the homecoming court. But let me tell you this, Janet, (laughs) of all my moaning and complaining about all this stuff, and it does really, it's still there for me more than I think most, but it's, it's part of the reason I've become a writer and it's great. Like I, I write for awkward on MTV for a bunch of teenagers and it, I I can channel. Yeah. To be able to be so close to those feelings. Yeah. I mean, they are right there. I know. I feel the same way. They're so close to the surface. Right. Now, Man. so so popularity wasn't a big deal to like you like what? what well, were you, no, I mean it was like. Uh, did you hold high office? As no, well? I no. like in 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 high school. Well, in high school, and 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 I've, I'll try to skip some of the stuff I've already said for these guys. But in in high school, um, I've already said this. But in high school, in my high school, we went. We, there were two different high schools. One was a, like a college prep school, and one was just a regular high school. So somehow the blend of those two schools, like it was really cool to be super weird and smart on the wow. college prep side, okay. and it was really cool to be like a jock or a cheerleader on the sort of regular high school side. Um, but all, most of my friends uh, through high school were at the on the college prep side, so they were all like smart nerdy Jews who were great at chess. But that was totally cool at that school, or super goth all loved the cure wrote a lot of poetry that was like too mature for any life experience they'd actually had okay um there was like a guy i remember there was a guy who looked and dressed exactly like robert smith and like he slid his wrists (gasps) and came back to school and he had these black frankenstein stitches on his wrists and i know that this isn't cool guys like don't don't do this to be cool but like the girls were all, I mean, the, the girls that I hung out with that were like, we were sort of goth alternative girls were totally fascinated by this like sad, sweet, hot guy who, you know, I mean, like it's, it's a, there's some dark stuff going on there. Right. But, um, but as a teen, there's something that is like it, it, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I hear you. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm ashamed to drop that. Like, and this guy slid his wrist, and we thought that was really cool. It no, wasn't no, that. It was just saying. like was the- he was already fascinating, and then that happened. You're like, oh God, what is this guy feeling? That's so deep and so intense, right? That he felt like he didn't want to be around, but he came out of it onto the other side and is still coming to school and just has these stitches. Mm. So because he didn't actually do, and I think it was more like a call for help, sure, kind of a sure. situation, but. um but yeah, so there wasn't, I'm sure that in some, that, in, that someone at my school would say, yeah, it was really devastating to me that I didn't get on the cheerleading team, but I was so far away from that. I oh, literally never went to a single sporting event. Okay. I don't know how we were or how my school did or anything. I, I know wow. nothing, nothing about that. It's nothing. funny. You mentioned Jewish kids. There were maybe two that I knew, one in my school and one one of my middle or uh, elementary schools. Oh wow! Uh, the Not first so bagel I had was when I went to University of Florida. That's the first bagel. Amazing! I ever had. All of my friends were either my friends were either Hispanic, Black, or Jewish growing up. Oh, 
And I ended up really having a thing for Jewish guys, and I'm married to a Jewish guy. Yeah. But what's funny is my favorite band growing up was the Cars, and I was especially oh in love God with Elliot Easton. Oh, oh yeah. okay, I was in love with okay. all of them, yeah. and I would dream about each one of them being my husband individually. But Elliot Easton <laughs> is the one that would stick with me. Wait, I don't know which one he is. Is he the one He's who sings the Drive? Does he oh, sing no, Drive? No, that's Ben Orr. That's the late great Ben Orr. Um, but I found out his name is like Elliot Greenstein. I'm like, that's where it yeah, started. There you go. That's where it started. Yeah, one of my first boyfriends was Eli Greenstein. Oh. Yeah. He went with Steen, not Stein. Okay. Eli Greenstein. Okay. Um, many a bar and bought mitzvah. Many a bar and bought wow. mitzvah I went to. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, we just, we, there weren't that many in Fort Texas. <laughs> Poor, you know what? Texas is the poorer for it. Uh, right? Texas is the poor for it. Right. I got to get into some games because I know that you're going to have a blast doing these. <gasps> okay, okay. So I want to start with a cootie catcher oh, slash okay. fortune teller slash chatterbox. Someone recently emailed me and said, this is also called a chatterbox. I thought it was called um, uh, cat's cradle. Care no, cats? that's different. That's the okay. string, isn't it? The cat's cradle is when you play uh, with I'm, the I'm, string. I, yeah, you're right. I'm I just love, thinking of a different. No one will be surprised to hear that, that I okay. love cat's cradles uh, also. That whole, I need to do that soon. You know, where you do the string and then you like pull the string and pull it oh, through. Oh, that's what that's a cat's, cat's cradle. cradle. Yeah. We, we had another thing for this, but I don't remember what it was okay. called. Okay. So, so I just pick, pick one, one of, these. of these. Yeah. Pink. P-I-N-K. Now pick a number. Six. One, two, three, four, five, six. One more number. One. And a final number. <laughs> uh, seven is the first one I saw. Okay. Seven. The question for seven is... What is one thing from your childhood you held on to for too long? Oh. That's a good question. Brand new, never been spoken, never, didn't even know it was there. Victoria, just if you're listening, mm. I want you to know that I don't look at any of, I haven't looked at any of these numbers in advance. So every time I say a new question, it's the first time that I have also heard it as well. That's a, that's a fun question. So it could be okay. like a it could be like a habit, it could be like a fixation with something, it could be an actual item that you didn't want to get rid of. It could be It's interesting because every like all I have there's You've so already much. held a you I, still I, you're I, still holding on to it. I'm holding on to oh, let me think. Or or are you maybe a, a, a being angry about something? Sure, or? it could be that too. It's a very oh open gosh. question. I'm so sorry to, to take time, but I really wanted uh, no, it's to it's okay. I think it's a really interesting question because I because of my first that. thought was like, did I have? I mean, my the first thing that pops in your mind is like, you go way way back, and you're like, did I have a blanket that like someone did you know tried to take away from me, and like I wouldn't let them or whatever? But I'm also yeah, I'm just wondering if there's something that I like emotionally held on to for too long or. Ah, uh, um, God, I'm so sorry. It's so funny. All this stuff is right at the top of my head, but not, not that. Um, I get it. I'm like, does it have anything to do with my mom? Yeah. Maybe, or being left at the thing, but I already told that story. <laughs> um, okay. This is just in the vein of the other stories, Yeah, but... It's still there. Yeah. So it's yeah. worthy of answering that. Yeah. Um, so I'm a senior. I'm a cheerleader. I'm on the student council. I'm on the newspaper staff. I'm doing drama. I'm a straight-A student. You're a busy gal. 
And the um, it's the homecoming. I've already blown it. I, as you know, the, the thing of the story is I didn't get it. But there was this girl, Kendall Crowley was her name. And she was two years younger than me, I believe. And she, it, she was in charge of putting the ballot together mm-hmm. for the homecoming. And what mm-hmm. they did was we had a court of 12 and then one would be elected queen. And it was kind of a cool thing. You got to walk on the... the, the um, you got to change out of your cheerleading outfit and get a dress and walk with your father down the, during the homecoming festivities. God, I it was a big never deal. went to a homecoming thing. I never oh. went to a dance. So I thought I had earned my, you know, earned my spot. Yeah. I didn't think that. I knew it was going to be a long shot, honestly, because, you know, we would make lists. My friend Jennifer and I would make lists of like, okay, who do we think is going to? Wow. Okay. And so there was a couple of wild cards and I thought I could get that wild. Okay. So the ballot that Kendall puts together is handwritten. None of the names are in alpha order. And there is a front and a back and a front. Like there's multiple pages. Oh so you really have to give a shit. Yeah. To find, <laughs> say, my name. Yeah. And I do believe like the first seven or eight names on the ballot ended up being the ones that, you know, got to be queen or got to be on the court. Um, and then I remember. Like one girl wasn't on the ballot, so she redid it. But she all she did was add that name to the third page or whatever, and um, not so. I didn't. Needless to say, I did not get on that court. But two years later, guess who gets elected homecoming queen? Kendall Crowley. Hmm. You definitely held on to this. Uh, right? Long odds. So right? specific. I just and I'm like, uh, what kind of a do? Yeah. Doesn't at least put them in alpha order. If you're going to handwrite them, yeah. fine. Yeah. Fine. We have sneaky. typewriters. We have the technology. It's sneaky. She's a sneak. But it's just, if you're going to do something half-assed, I'm going to, you know, yeah. be pissed about it. Yeah. I love it. I love that you you remember the fact that oh. she created a list poorly and oh. that that has stuck with you. Handwritten, not in alpha order. And I'm like, I had to look for my name. And believe me, I wasn't one of those people like, oh, where's Christy? We'll put, yeah. like, I needed all the help I could get. Yeah. I was I was heavier. I was one of the heavier cheerleaders. I had a, I had perms. I mean, it was. I'm excited to see all these pictures because I, I really, yeah, I don't, I didn't really know what to picture. Um, okay. That's going to move us into our game of MASH. Oh, also very exciting. Oh my gosh, this is fun. Um, okay, I got to think of some good categories for you, but I am going to start out with, uh, I'm going to go into dish. I got a good feeling about you and your answers for this game. So mm. I'm going to dish with three men that you marry in this fictional world, all due respect to the delightful Gary man to whom you are married. This is a fictional world. Could be Donny Osmond. Oh, could oh, be oh, someone okay. you have a crush on now. Could be Macklemore. Could be okay, both of those people. definitely Macklemore. Okay, we're putting Macklemore. Definitely someone who has really kind of, I've thought of lately as a sexy, but I can't explain why. And that is Willem Dafoe. Interesting. <laughs> oh, wooden teeth Dafoe. <laughs> <laughs> I love Willem Dafoe, but he really has amazing, like Abraham Lincoln, wooden teeth. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. I love that he's on here. I don't know what it, it's the hair when it's yeah. all. And someone who I was in love with as a teenager who I still crush on now and have seen him out about in LA and was paralyzed with fear and couldn't take a picture. And my husband did Rutger Hauer. Oh, I love Rutger. 
Rutger oh Hauer. My gosh. We, oh my God, I forgot about Rutger Hauer. We were at Earth Cafe. <gasps> and I walk in, I'm, I'm already tearing up. I had a story. huge crush on him too. We walk in and I go, <gasps> like I could feel his presence. <laughs> and he, there's an empty two top right next to him. Oh. But I'm like, Gary, we cannot do this. <laughs> you and I need to go as far away. My soul can't handle this. I can't handle this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we did. And I could just every now and then look over at Rucker and check in. And then Gary and I left. And as we, he goes, I'll drive by. And you, you know, if you want to take a picture and I couldn't just turn and do this. So I would kind of do this. I'd, yeah. I'd hold where I yeah. hold my camera yep. up and not look. Yeah. And, Hoping for the best. And, and there was nothing. And so <laughs> Gary did it. We'd swung around and Rutger was getting into his car, which happened to be parked right by where he was sitting. And so we have this great picture of him in his car and Gary's trying to do the same thing where it's yeah. kind of askew. Yeah. And so it's an, this askew picture of Rutger <laughs> and I blew it up and I call it Rutger's getting away. Oh God. I want to see this. Too. Okay. That is an yeah. it done. I can send that. Okay. To I got to write these down. <laughs> but uh, those control three. top. Oh yes. Yes. I uh, Rutger. Um, cheerleading. Oh yeah. That's on my, okay. that's on my Twitter thing. Okay. Which by the way, I hate Twitter because it's just like high school. And guess who's not even friends with me on Twitter? You, Janet Barney. I didn't even know you were on Twitter well, because I'm terrible at Twitter. Okay. Follow Christy. <laughs> it's, I don't even know why I am. It, the people I follow it makes me feel are terrible, always. pretty much somebody who sends me a tweet that says, please follow me. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay. So I follow a bunch of like five-year-old Avatar fans. Okay. Um, okay. I love these guys so very much. Okay. I would love to ask you for uh, the city you live in, the wherever you live. Encino, California. Great. <laughs> what else? Oh, uh, Austin. I need three. I, w- I would love to live in Austin. Yeah, that's a great. And with any of those gentlemen. <laughs> Great, good, because you'll get <laughs> For one. For an affair to remember. And then thir- a third one. Ah, uh, Paris, France. Love it. So you just got back. Oh, this is a whole other conversation, but yeah, you just got yeah. back from Paris for the first time. Oh, I would go with you anytime you ever want to just go back. Oh, yes. Ditch your, let's do a girl ditch your where I can shop. Husband and child. Shop. Oh, my and God. By the way. I will shop till the end of time in right? Paris. I see the guys on, um, what's that show I just started watching? The Dukes of Melrose. Mm-hmm. Never seen it. Okay. Well, it's about these guys that um, work in like vintage. Oh, that's what I do in Paris. Oh is the vintage shopping oh, is you have to, ridiculous. I, okay, I don't even I buy new stuff there okay. because the vintage shop. Oh, I can't. Don't get me okay. started. Okay. And by the um, way, the cool kids say we instead of we. What? Like, I can't Sometimes even they say we. They inhale. They suck in. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that? Yeah. That's my favorite because it's so mm-hmm. weird. It's like, what? What? <laughs> it's such a weird sound, but it's but it's like cool over there. What? <laughs> okay um oh yeah vintage god i gotta come up with a vintage question um can i tell you i don't think i've ever said this on podcast before but this is how materialistic i am but specifically about vintage every few years i will have a dream that i go into a vintage store that just is huge and just i want everything Mm. and it's like a dream come true and it's emotional for me Mm. because vintage is so specific because it's all one i mean of course they're not one-offs. They weren't originally one-offs, right. but the chances are it's a one-off and I'm not talking about expensive vintage. I'm talking about like a $7 polyester dress, but mm, I get okay. so excited. <laughs> I know. I mean, listen, I'm not fancy. <laughs> I get so excited about 
the fines, like the, oh my God, I can't believe this is not that expensive. And it's, there's something so wonderful about this pattern or this fabric or whatever. Right. That that's, those are like my, my most materialistic dreams aren't about like, I'm rich and I have all this money. It's about going to a vintage store and being like, but I love everything in here, but I can also afford to get a bunch of stuff in here because it's not expensive. And that to me is Paris. It's the closest thing I've ever come well, to. Well, then we need to do a shopping Paris, thing because Gary was having none of it. I'm sure he was having none of it. Bless none his heart. Okay, so what kind? What fun vintage? Okay, so um, three vintage items that you wish that you could discover, like like Chanel, that you could, like that you could Chanel ne- bag. like you could never get, or that you could have more of than one of, like that you could collect, like and sort of have Chanel whenever you want. Bag. Okay. Um. Oh, that's such a good question. I'm going to really go thoughtful before I just mm-hmm. say Chanel necklaces because I have one. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, maybe an, a beautiful gown yeah. from the 50s from yeah. like Yves Saint Laurent. Yeah. And perhaps... Um, Uh, I'm like, well, maybe I'll put a shoe on there, but I really don't like vintage shoes. I know, vintage shoes are so painful. Uh, What about a vintage, um, the record, the original, um, what are they called before they were records? They were called something else of um, Sweet Georgia Brown. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, like, not, but so not a 45, but like no, something they were, even... there were these things that were heavier. And of course I can't even remember what it was called, but it was a heavier record. It was heavier okay. and smaller than a, um, a 33, but bigger than a 45. But let's just say vintage sweet version of sweet Georgia Brown. Love it. Love it. Okay. Um, what else do I want to ask you? Cause it's so specific. Okay. Here's, uh, here's one, uh, three bands. Oh, that you wish could play for you on demand. Dire Straits. Um, the Bee Gees, All Living. And, um, oh gosh, my last spot. I mean, it'd, it'd have to be the cars, just out of yeah. loyalty to them. Love it. Love it. Um, if you could bring back one TV show from the 80s, <gasps> give me three. Square Pegs. Um, uh, guys, by the, the way, for those of you who are too young to know, the square pegs was the, like the first way that most of us met Sarah Jessica Parker and she was, could not be cuter. Could not be cuter. Um, solid gold <laughs> and the captain and Tennille variety show. Wow. That's but that's great. really seventies that last one, but. I'm just going to stick with it. Okay. Um, I'd love to see what they're up to now. I love doing this era stuff. I'm going to try to bring in some of the younger listeners by, by getting a little more current. What about, um, what about something from the nineties you wish had never existed? What if you could erase one thing from the nineties? I'm going to say it because it brought my world to a halt. Yeah. No, I can't say it. Why not? You think you're going to get guff for something that everyone else loves? Yes. Interesting. And as a sacred cow, Kurt Cobain. But oh yeah, I wasn't a huge Nirvana fan. I it just because the fun I was having as a young person all came to a halt and it became heavy and serious and I you know, 
And then it became a joke to to be to like Def Leppard or Van Halen or right. and I'm like, you know what, guys, this ain't a joke. Yeah. But I don't want to so say gr- that. So because gr- I you don't want to get rid of grunge. His, yeah, I, I get you. I recognize his brilliance. I get you. Um, perhaps I'll say Eminem. Okay, great. Because I am no fan. I. It looks like a job for me. So everybody follow me. Need a little controversy, so it feels so empty without me. When you have a rhyme that three of the four <laughs> words are the same word, you're not very good. I see what you're saying. I okay. see what you're saying. Okay. okay, okay. So Eminem doesn't have to be bands either. It could just be like a st- like, like oh, I hated wearing this, blah blah blah, or you know, um, um, the 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 baby doll dresses, mm-hmm. the shapeless, the Courtney Love baby doll dress, baby doll dresses mm-hmm. that did nothing to flatter my. Okay. Post college. One more. Figure. Oh, what would I? What would I erase from the nineties? Um, thin eyebrows. Oh, good call. It's funny. <laughs> the person I think that's a really good one because the and the, and there's a person who who is a very good specific celebrity to watch through the eras to see really like when was good and when was bad for makeup, for hair, for eyebrows is Drew Barrymore. <gasps> if you ever want a good mm-hmm. listeners, if you ever want a good, like what were girls doing? Like what were the cute girls who were very on trend uh-huh. doing from the eighties all the way up through till now? She is the best example because she's been in the spotlight for such a long time. And she was always very much of the moment. Yes. And the nineties to me, when I think about Drew in the nineties, yep. I think super thin eyebrows, yep really pale face yep really dark vampire lipstick mm-hmm. but like not balanced out with like any blush or anything mm-hmm. and like two one single tone hair okay. like two and a dark barrette. definitely a barrette like barrettes. a twinkly barrette right by your sometimes i've been known to still have a barrette but i like to put it further back but you, it's not the poodle ones i still wore no. the poodle ones yeah. when i was in my 20s yeah um really good okay thin eyebrows oh that's so good Okay. Um, and what about, God, I'd love all of these. I'm just coming up with because it's you specific. So I'm trying to think of another you specific thing that you would enjoy. Um, what about a food that you could eat however much you wanted of forever three without it having any negative ramifications? Lobster. Great. Sushi. S'mores. Mmm, s'mores. Okay. And then, let's see, last but not least, what's a good final category? Uh, uh, song you wish you would have written. Song you wish you could take credit for because you love it so much. Three. Oh, my gosh. That's good. Oh, that's good. <laughs> um, okay, let me think of the class. Uh, uh I'm gonna just so you know, I, I'm not gonna pick a Bob Dylan song because you know, I, I I'm very much a person that I'm gonna like what I like and I don't care, you know, I don't care. There is a song by Dire Straits called um Romeo and Juliet. Uh, it's such a great song. That and was like my song with my boyfriend when I was in high school. And it even though it was obviously written by adults for adults. I just remember like, oh, this is what it's like. You know, you love this person, but it's not, you know that this isn't 
that person doesn't feel the same or whatever, you know that the the tone of the song, even if you don't know the lyrics, is very like it's like oh, wistful, yeah, yeah, and melancholy, yeah. and um, oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, that's a great song. Oh, okay. Let me think. Let me think. Because um, this is very good. I want to give it some thought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to. I want to pick a song. Oh, let me think of who else do I love. I I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. Yeah. It's still powerful to me today. I it came out when I was a child. Mm-hmm. So I don't want you to think I was disco dancing when I was. Uh, um, I think staying alive might be one of the best songs. songs. It is a great, powerful song. It has an insane melody. It has an intense beat that just, I mean, if uh, it's you, a great song. If it's, you put away the making fun of whatever, like the, and then the, where it was put in that movie mm-hmm. and how it, the movie was, um, Saturday night fever and which was in the, in the day, like I was a child, but my mom like snuck me in. Yeah. It was, like people think these superhero movies are big and whatever. Yeah. But these songs were like there was a time in the Bee Gees it they the the top ten had seven songs of theirs that yeah. they either wrote yeah. or recorded and they were on they would be on the charts for over a year. Yeah. Like anyway, but that song still any 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 time I need motivation, anytime I, I get like it. I totally get and it. And I I Okay. All right, let me think. Um there has been a song just thinking about this time uh, that came up on my shuffle, and of course I could probably name a hundred of these, but there's a song called um, Birds of Paradise by the Pretenders. Uh-huh. Or is it Bird of... No, it's Birds. And I do love the Pretenders. I'm embarrassed that I don't know this it's song. It's on two. It's on the second one. And it's very, like, it's about, again, I think about, like, young love that was doomed and she has i mean the lyrics are fantastic it has this this yearningness to the melody and uh oh it's just outstanding i, I gotta listen to it i'm gonna listen to it when we get done because i do love the pretenders. it's really it will t- it will put you in a place and and the, she sings like once upon a time like she's re- reminiscing about this guy and like um, you know, you said nothing lasts forever. We were happy together. And, um, I think, oh, you know, think Christy. about you in Stockholm and Rome and you, you know, and, and you, clearly these, this couple is not together Yeah, and oh, you just gotta, yeah. Okay. It's I'm really, excited. It's here. fantastic. You know what I remembered? Here's what I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to finish doing this and announce the mash results at the very end of the podcast. Okay. I have one more thing that I want to do because, um, I started flirting with the idea of doing a little advice, uh, oh. section because I love my guests are just, I just love how their brains work and I'm so fortunate to have such wonderful ladies on the podcast. And, um, and so when I was podcasting Emily Gordon recently, um, I, I said, you know, if there were younger listeners out there that wanted to potentially um, ask questions, it doesn't have to be younger listeners. It could be anyone who's going through anything. Mm. Obviously, I guess the only thing I would say is you must love the podcast enough to think that you'll get a faithful and good response from a guest. Um, but I think you're in good hands with uh, Christy. So I'm not going to sh- I'm not going to say who this person is. They'll know their uh, question when they hear it. Um, but, uh, it's the same person who suggested that the name, this, this section would be called the university section. Okay. Um, I'm which in. sort of makes sense. And so she says that, um, 
Basically, she's saying, okay, let me read this. Finding your path. I feel like I, along with my fellow peers, are in that stage in life where the crucial situation is what am I doing with my life? Where am I going? Is this what I want to do? La, 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 la. For a long time, I was so confident that I was on the right path. And now to do, due to so many complications, I constantly question my career. I'm a dreamer and a registered nurse. I'm registered nurse. Is that what RN stands for? That's what I think of it as standing for. Yeah. But maybe that's, maybe it's one of them, what if I'm wrong. I'm currently getting my bachelor's of science in nursing. It's okay. gotta be RN. Yeah. But I'm having such a hard time landing a good job. This has really hampered my progress. It's a long story. But anyway, does that mean I'm on the right path and I'm just going to have to be patient and persistent or is life telling me to go another direction and I shouldn't be banging my head against a wall? That is really interesting. That's a very interesting question because I think when you are in your early 20s, and I know myself personally, I started out, I wanted to be an actress. I thought I was going to do that. Mm -hmm. And with these other things I had conquered, I'd conquered the courtesy girls. Uh, Why couldn't this happen for me? Right. But then I, I, like with the TV writing, I kind of followed that a little bit. And then the doors started to open and I started to kind of follow the open doors and I found that oh this thing that I thought I wanted I I don't really want there's this other thing that's not too far off from that that gives me such pleasure doing that I'm actually good at and I think that I think it's because there's so many like young people that get attention for being so successful so young that people who are young feel like I have to I have to know now exactly where my road is leading. And I would say just take a beat, take a breath, you know, uh, uh, find what kind of things turn you on. Um, Don't worry that it has to happen tomorrow. Um, There is some of these girls I work with on Awkward who are in their 20s. But I started, I mean, I I have a career and I didn't start working on sitcoms till I was 30. Mm. I had, when I would go home and have dinner with my friends, they were all married, they all had kids and they would all pay for my, you know, dinner. And I'm like, gosh, I'm in, you know, I'm almost 30. I shouldn't have my friends thinking that I'm a charity case. But, um, and they didn't, I don't want to make it. Of course, of course. It was lovely. But I, I. It just, I think that time, no one warns you how difficult your early 20s is. And as much as I laugh about all the stuff with when, when I was young, I don't think it compares to when you're on your own and you have to make these decisions. And, I, you know, I would say as long as you are not spending money frivolously mm-hmm. and not getting into habits that are, that are you know, taking drugs, that kind of thing... I think it's okay to like take classes or go on trips. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I didn't travel at all when I was younger. I just didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. And I couldn't afford it. But I didn't do a lot of that myself <sighs> in my twenties either. I was. I was very concerned about just putting my pay. Like I was, you know, going to school for a long time because I had to go part time because I was working full time, and I just that felt like. I mean, I, on rare occasions, like I, w- I would go somewhere, but I had friends who were like, "Next, I'm going to blah blah blah," and they would do it on a on a shoestring budget. But right, I just felt like I can't focus on that too. I have to like just focus on what I'm doing in front of me. Right, and the, and the entertainment industry is very, you know, it kind of is all encompassing. But I would, I would say, a don't put too much pressure that it's gonna that 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 your realization is gonna happen within a month or a year, whatever. Yeah. 
Um, B, follow open doors, but also with a kind of a, a thing, a guide that like, okay, this feels good. I like this. I like, you know, when, when I started, I was in this Warner Brothers TV writers program and they still have it. Uh, some version of it. But I remember like, oh, I'm, I did well in this class. And yeah. then I got a job. And I'm like, this must be what my thing is. Because, I mean, and there's a lot of heartbreak and a lot of whatever of that course. comes along with that. But I think, you know, the world of nursing is so specific. And my hat's off to yeah, anyone who does that. I was that. thinking that too. Because I was thinking like, that. I, I like your idea of sort of going from points A to B to C and sort of looking at how a ripple effect could happen. Like, maybe there's something in sports medicine or right. maybe there's something in counseling. If you're helping right. people, maybe there's something, maybe it opens a door to like working, you know, potentially getting a degree. I mean, teaching you're going to have your nursing right. degree. Yeah. T- teaching. Maybe you're, maybe you end up in, um, maybe you become an acupuncturist. Maybe you get into massage therapy, right. not necessarily as like a be all end all, but like right. while you're having trouble finding a very specific registered nursing job, maybe there is some help pathetic if like rn does not stand for that i really apologize well, you can you email me my school, sweet so I'm yeah sure that that- no i think i i said that didn't i say that or didn't i i said that bsn i thought probably stood for nursing if i'm wrong and that you are not saying rn is like a registered nurse please tell me and we will adjust this advice accordingly but regardless of what it is there is that thing of sort of like even in improv, we talk about going from A to C. Like you think that it's about one thing, but if that one thing isn't happening, to your point with acting and writing, it's like, what's on the periphery of that that doesn't even need to be a thing that you feel committed or devoted to, but that can kind of touch in with an element of what intrigues you or what excites you or what you're passionate about with your degree. Yes, and I think once you do find that thing that feels right and and the, 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 the... opportunities will surface and they will, you know, and I think that's what I'm understanding. I, I, a part of me is like, Oh, does she want to get a job as an, as a nurse and can't find one? Yeah, She's having a really hard time landing a good job. And so she's just having problems being patient and wondering if, you know, she's, she's, she should be thinking that maybe this is like a sign that she's not supposed to be doing what she thinks she wants to do. Got it. And I know, I mean, I went a long time with no auditions. Like, I know what it's like to like, okay, I've committed to this. I'm doing this. I've got my headshots. I've got this. And nothing's happening. But then... You know, time passed. I got into I, I got into the Acme Comedy Theater. I did that for a while. And sketch comedy was great because you have to create all these different... In five minutes, you have to have characters and a conflict and a tone and all that. Yeah. But more than that, there were other people I was there with that were working in uh, sitcoms. Yeah. And they were writing specs. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, maybe I should try that. Maybe yeah. I can... And then, so being patient, it's the hardest thing when you're in, it's just being in your young 20s. It's, it's because hard. It's, it's like, hard. let yourself get, it, it's hard because you need a job and I know that you need to find, make a living, but give yourself permission to still be getting to know yourself. Yes. Give yes. yourself permission to still be getting to know yourself. And so if you're feeling like you're unsure it doesn't even have to be that life is telling you something or that the universe is telling you something. It can just be that this is an opportunity for you to not just listen to your gut, but also know that your gut might not know what it thinks yet. Like you might not have to be searching for this final gut feeling when it's a, that's a rough time to really know intrinsically what you're meant to be doing. Like give yourself permission to not know and, and to have that be okay. And to be, in a place, and this is something that is true for all of us in life 
at any moment is to try to be comfortable being uncomfortable, which is so hard. Yeah. Comfortable being unsure, comfortable, as comfortable as you can be, like accepting, accepting of yourself that you're just not sure right now and and, and that that's okay. Yes. And and having new experiences, take a class or go to a thing or, you know, opening yourself up to the world to see what might come in. Yeah. Maybe it will shift your perspective and it could either that it could either show you how much you really do feel passionate about that one thing and that you know that you can't let go of it or it might change your perspective on that one thing and see you'll see it evolve into something else yes and it's interesting the kids the girls are some of the very young girls i work with um like some people develop their voice very young i was never a wonderkind like i was never one of those people that was like great at something young but I, my voice has really evolved. And when I go into a meeting and when I have a, you know, I know like I got the goods and you know what I mean? You can take yeah. or leave me. Yeah. Whereas I would go and go like, Oh my God, they're going to think I'm a fraud. But it took me time to develop that and yeah. time and experiences to kind of really have a white hot focus. And I remember there was a time in my twenties where I was like, yeah, I want to work in the entertainment industry. You know, I kind of want to be on Saturday night live, but I kind of want to write sitcoms. I kind of want to do this. I kind of want to, well, but at least you kn- that I said, yeah. I want to create a show yeah. and run a show. Yeah. Then believe me, I'm not, I haven't created and run a show yet. Yeah. Um, and it's torture. Yeah. I know. It's hard. <laughs> I'm kidding. But I, I, I at least, I, I've got things that are coming along the way that are helping to that yeah. goal yeah. as opposed to this diffused kind of, I'm not sure what I want. And side note, uh, just to reiterate this for those of you who listen to the podcast, you know this very well, but I didn't even think in my 20s, I didn't even think I wanted to do what I'm doing now. I was on a completely different track. Okay. So, I mean, if I thought I was going to be an interior designer and have like my own store and stuff, I, that, I couldn't be doing something further from that. And yet I feel totally comfortable in the life that I'm in now, but in a way I feel like it could have worked out that way too. So that's the other thing too, is that there, you don't have to be so laser focused at that point because it probably, you're going to turn out doing something that you love if you're, if you're listening to yourself. Yes. That's great advice. Okay. Uh, I'm going to do this little uh, thing where I tell you to tell me when to stop, which is tell me when to stop. Stop. Oh, that was really fast. I mean, technically, that's only three. Okay. Well, well should I do? You want, should I do it again? I I, I like that it wasn't very long, but okay, uh, we'll okay. do we'll do one more. Okay, okay. Tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's better. Okay, okay guys, I'm going to pause it. Uh, we'll be right back. Okay. Um. There's one thing that I am a little disappointed by oh. because I got excited about the possibility of it. I mean, you'll be perfectly happy with with what you ended up with. I'm giddy. But, um, But, uh, okay, so what do I want to start with? I think the thing I'm going to start with is that um, I'm sure that this will raise a few eyebrows and anger a few people who are fans, but I have to tell you that in this new reality we've created, Eminem is not uh, in existence. (laughs) You have erased Eminem from the world. Some people would say, I being one of them, that he's an important influence and uh, had some interesting things to say and an interesting story. A lot of drama with him and his wife. But at the end of the day, ultimately, I do find his raps to be very toe tapping. <laughs> Can I live without him? I don't have a choice. Now I have okay, to. Okay. Now I have to. You have the power. So that's that's uh, this is an Eminem free life. Everything else that you're about to hear. Uh, I uh, invite you to uh, celebrate the fact that you live in a lovely house in Encino, California. Okay. Okay. Um, this is very down to earth choice. Yeah. Uh, that's what you ended up with. Um, 
secreted away somewhere very safe in that house is the original heavy record of Sweet Georgia Brown. Okay. So congratulations Thank for your you. ownership of that. It's worth probably $200. Uh, <laughs> so a, a, you'll buy a $1,000 safe to keep mm-hmm. that safe. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you could convince your friend's Dire Straits <gasps> to cover that song for you. <sighs> but they will come and play for you whenever you like. And I'm sure they'll probably play more than one cover of your song, Romeo and Juliet, <laughs> because we already know that they recorded. They happen to have recorded that song you wrote and yeah. have made it famous. Wow. It's since been covered by uh, at least the Indigo Girls, memory serves. But oh. but uh, yeah, the first people to cover your song were Dire Straits. You know, a lot of people think that they actually wrote that song, I know, but that's not that the funny? case. Um, sometimes uh, when you aren't being entertained by Dire Straits, you turn on the television to watch one of my favorite shows as well. Square Pegs. Okay, nice. Very happy that Square, Square Pegs came back around. Um, and I can only assume that you're eating lobster while you're watching Square oh, Pegs. You know it. All of this is happening with your spouse, Macklemore. <laughs> <laughs> so some good things have happened for you in this new life of yeah. yours in your house in Encino with Macklemore and his yeah. curly curls. His curly <laughs> curls. Redundant, Janet. Redundant. So that's your new future. This has been a complete pleasure. What fun we've had. What a cool thing, Janet. Oh, thanks. This is the coolest thing. Thanks, Chesty. (laughs) (laughs) Tell my buddy Dave. I'm gonna. I say hello. I think what we need, you and I need to start texting to find out what autocorrect turns Dana into. Because maybe it'll be like Diner or like some weird Diana. Okay. Uh, and then we'll have a name. We'll have a, a fun inside joke name for uh, for Dana. Perfect. But in the meantime, um, I look forward to seeing you as often as possible in life as we are friends. We are friends. And I look forward to buying that anthropology dress and showing up wearing it the next time I see you. And you'll be wearing it too. And then everyone will make fun of us. Awesome. Um, thank you so much for doing the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm thrilled to be in this company. Well, well. Now I'm just blushing, guys. We'll talk to you next time on the podcast. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Nerdist.